Welcome to Bevington Banter, the show where we can sound like we're arguing even when we all agree. I'm Cassidy, and together with my brother Cade and dad Randy, each week we discuss a selection of news stories, topics surrounding the culture, and matters of freedom and faith. Thanks for listening. Follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Share it, and if you like what you hear, rate it five stars on Apple and Spotify. Well, cool. Um, So, last night, I guess I could say this is Friday, June, I don't even know, June 10th. I'm not at home, so I don't know what date it is. and yesterday they had the they aired the first January sixth hearing show trial whatever you want to call it and I feel like we can't just ignore it even as much as we want to we should at least say that it's happening however I'm not I don't really have anything to say about it because it's garbage and they're not I mean people are saying things but there's nothing actually there of substance so nothing's going to come out of it so what I've been confused about from the beginning of this they were going to have this event last night was calling it the first January 6th hearing. What have we been talking about? Yeah. Well, they, they've held yeah. days and days of hearings. There's been all kinds of hearings. So I don't really know what this is other than a produced, well, this is a produced show for a purpose, a, an did, end goal. Did they have a committee like special committee for it and then this is like a larger thing or i i I don't know i'm unclear because again i i don't have a great interest in it everything that is everything that is to be known about it is pretty well known there's a lot of questions that people have had about that are just simply ignored such as ray who is ray epps and what is he doing there (laughs) um and so when the people just stopped caring because they weren't you know they're not serious about getting the full picture of what went on. Yeah. Um, and they're still. I still saw somebody yesterday on Twitter commenting on the police officer that that they the rioters killed. And so you just say, I don't know what this is because that's so easily yeah. known that you that's mean not the one true. That the family came out and said, no, this was a stroke after. The yes, fact. it's so easily known that that's not true. So you know what is this? What? Why are we doing this? Um, everything that's, that's pertinent to be known can be known if you want to know it. It's out there. There's thousands and thousands of hours of video that Congress has already, they have available to them. So I don't get this. I would think the only purpose I could, I guess, think of right now would be to right, just show, hey, we need to show our authority and power even more so over every part of your life and like don't even think about messing up because these people didn't do anything wrong yet we're gonna slap a charge of treason on them or something and throw them in prison i'm sure that's an aspect of it i i think that the greater point of why this is being done is to affect the november election saying you can't elect republicans yeah yeah so go vote for republicans well there was we talked about this briefly. There was, um, I had his name for you, and then I... Yes, uh, the football... Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera. former uh, Carolina Panthers head coach. Now I think he's defensive coordinator for the Washington Redskins. He got, uh, he made a comment a couple of days ago, and they came against, you know, they came after him um, about how he was fine with this, you know, cert- investigation on January 6th, but his, as he said... Uh, if you're going to do this, then let's also examine and, and investigate the 2028 months of eight Antifa and BLM riots. And, um, of course, which is 
seems perfectly logical. Uh, there isn't, if there's not equality under the law, then there's then there isn't law, and there isn't justice, and we have that's what we're seeing now, time and time again, where there is no longer a, a just a blind justice system where it's uniformly applied to everybody, and people have a real problem with that, and that's the problem that he had, and of course he was blasted for it. So, I mean, it's 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 out there. People know what's going on. We don't need Kabuki theater. No. Would you like to talk about drag your kids to Pride in Texas? Or will it make you too angry? Well, the thing that struck me about it is... This was a... Well, it was a gay bar, drag bar, whatever, called Mr. Mr. And they had a Pride event that was called Drag Your Kids to Pride show. So it's supposed to be a family-friendly, and it's at a bar and a drag show, and they had... I mean, you can see videos of kids in there, and some who like didn't want to be there, and um, but also some kids who were dancing in front of people up there with these people in drag dancing, and the people, the protests, it was it was craziness. Um, and I, I can read you the, I'll just read you the description of the event, and then you can think what say what struck you about it. But Mister Misters dragged the kids, dragged the kids to Pride drag show provides the ultimate family-friendly pride experience. The signature event is a family-friendly spin-off of our famed champagne drag brunch with our resident, some DJ, playing some of your favorite hits while, you know, this host brings together some of the best drag entertainers around. Our under-21 guests can enjoy special mocktails while the moms and dads can sip one of the classic mimosa towers. Uh, do you want to hit the stage with the queens? We have five limited spots for young performers to take the stage solo or with a queen of their choosing. Come hang out with the queens and enjoy this unique pride experience fit for guests of all ages. This was their own description on the Eventbrite event page. <laughs> it used to be, uh, well, it still is. In fact, it, 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 there's a law against this in Texas. Uh, th- th- this is illegal to do. Um, by law, these kids aren't even allowed to be in an establishment like this. Uh, it was always, uh, as a kid, I mean, I remember growing up, the, the couple local bars, um, you had to be 21 to enter them. I don't know. There's if it, so much wrong. Yeah, there it's, is. There's, it's, where it's do you like, even start? If, if I need to sit here and explain to you what's wrong with this, <laughs> then you need to seek some professional help. I, I, the sexualization of small children and where they say that it makes no sense even think about how I many have a problem with it. You know, they say, oh, you don't say this about um, like beauty pageants or whatever. Yeah, I have a problem with over sexualized kids dancing. Also, I don't want to see some little gender. girl all I, yes, glammed up. Yes. Made to look like a, an adult yeah. woman. I don't who care is what sexually kind, mature. What kind of sex we're talking about <clears throat> sexualization. It shouldn't be done with kids. Think about this aspect of kids of where they think they keep trying to claim to us that kids are sexual and it's not too young to start exposing them to these kind of things. We all know, all of us who are even young adults, we all know and or remember growing up young children, they're not interested. Girls have the cooties. (laughs) 
That we're not interested. But and you know, know what? Like, so so to, how is it that they're ready for this sexualization and be exposed to this when they don't? When we all know that as young children they don't I'm think of each other in those terms. Quite grateful for that, so that you don't have to you don't have to worry about it and think about it. You don't care. You're just out playing, having fun, exactly. doing what you want to do, being a kid. And and I mean, for a lot of boys, it starts changing around. You know. 10 years old or so, but there are boys who hit 12 and 13 before they start really being interested in girls, let alone this whole nonsense of five, six years old. Um, it, that's why I say it's so fundamental that if you have to have somebody explain to you what's wrong with this kind of thing and what the goal of these adults, it, it, the goal of, their, of the adults, think about that. There's only one possible explanation, the end goal of the adult of why they're treating why these children like this. Children? Yes. Yeah. And it's not good. To start to say, oh, what? These kids are old enough to make decisions about their sexuality and what they do sexually. Where do you think that's moving? How easy is it for an adult who has all kinds of years and developmental progress, you know, advancement over a child to manipulate that child to to get them to do do what they want. I mean, those like you said, the videos show a lot of the kids, they didn't want to be there, but they got them there because the kids want to, want well, the parent, the adult is an authority figure. They want to please the adult. There's all kinds of yes. ways to manipulate One of them. the people there said that he, he went to cover it when he found out about it, and he said he overheard a conversation between a mother and son at the bar, and the son was, like, just on his phone, like, didn't, and, you know, good for him, he didn't want to be there. But she he heard the mom basically telling the bartender something about her son being gay, and the kid is literally there saying, no, I am not. And she said, yeah, he is. Uh... Yeah, this is... He did not want to be there. He right. didn't want to be... He's not gay. He's not... Yeah. This reminded me of the, the clip I saw recently of a guy who is running a GoFundMe uh, account yes. to help pay for his son's transition costs. I think six years old. And the man, of course, who is transitioning, wants to transition his son, he, he himself tra- yeah. has transitioned. So wonder why your kid might think that that's a... Yeah. And what is your motivation in this? I mean... Think about that, an adult, it's so wrong, and you are so immature, perverted, whatever, so that you have to have a child do something to validate your Your, choices and and your desires. And you know what pain and emotional like and mental turmoil it was for you, and I'm going to now suggest to my child that he have the same thing. Well, this is where people get in trouble. With You see it in the education system, you see it in ministry, especially like in a youth ministry and stuff, where these younger adults have enough understanding and, and, and experience that they can know how to manipulate, but they, they use these younger teenage to, to, to validate them. Yeah. When you go into that environment as a youth pastor yeah. uh, that I served for a number of years, and as a, a, I wasn't a teacher, but a, as a, um, uh, substitute. a substitute teacher, and you go into those environments and you realize very early that I can, if I want these kids to stroke me and validate me and think I'm really cool and everything, it's really easy to manipulate that out of them. And... It's very gratifying. So when you when they like, oh, they look up to me, they worship me, and you want, and so then you you okay, how can I get them more and more? Because it feels good these to have all these like young people that you have influence over, and they look up to you. But here's 
where the ad mature adult comes in. Yeah. The next level of that is you realize what that says about you yeah. if you use them and need them to do that for you. It speaks very poorly of you yeah. as an adult. And that's why sane adults don't do it because they realize right. it points out a major flaw in them. I don't need, just like I don't need a, a 16 year old to validate me, a 16 year old can just say whatever they want about me negatively, and it that doesn't, doesn't affect no me either. Me. You think I, I get my validation from a 16 year old? Give me a break. I even, I mean, I even think about the first times like that I got into residence life in college versus like serving in youth ministry now, and the difference of like, yeah, what, how I saw it or how I like reacted to it when I was, you know, at first like, oh, this person that's in like this cool person that hangs out with us and does whatever versus like now it's like I don't care I care about like you know being here for you and like I care about them I don't care about what they what me right. I need them to you know like me enough to listen to me that's about it <laughs> or, or respect, respect me you. to respect to me respect not even like you. me I need them right. to respect me right. and what I say it just it the older and more mature and understanding you get you realize how unbelievably poorly that speaks of you yeah. if you need that yeah i'm secure in myself that you know yeah anybody i don't care what anybody you know earlier you said about i had a thought um we were talking about psychology earlier and i think this might tie into that so you shared you know it, it's immaturity in like the adults who would do this to kids and i thought um you know, we were talking about mental illness earlier. And so I think one thing, why have we seen all of a sudden we've gone from, we don't diagnose, like none of these are mental, like, or we'll diagnose it. We'll still call it like everyone, we'll wants, to, every, everyone wants to talk about mental health, we'll put a label but on you don't, it. but we don't, all we do is affirm it now. And where did we shift from actually like, these are things we were supposed to treat or whatever to now it's just a f affirmation. And I think that it's, you know, the people who didn't get treated or get identified or whatever as heal and don't go through healing and growing now are adults in these situations and so they are not healed from their trauma or mental illness or whatever and so and they don't know how to pro handle it and so then it just seeps over into the next you know what i mean like yeah m yes many of the uh people involved in therapy psychology social work are the last people that you would want organizing your life and helping you to become, yeah. be they got well, into I those fields because just of the people own. who are in authority over these kids have influence over these kids. Like, well, parents, teachers, whatever. These people have open wounds that they have not healed from, and so it's coming out on onto this. Right. It's it's really not that different. You hear this, you've heard this for years and years of parents who live vicariously through their child, like in sports or something like that. I. I and people are trying to live and relive and validate their lives through these kids because they're wounded, damaged people right. themselves. And a lot of this we see generationally. Just, But as you were just talking, I was thinking about everything that we're doing right now societally of where the left is trying to take us societally has been known for decades and even centuries to not be good. Right. We're taking everything that we've known now for, for centuries and decades and saying that's all wrong. Yeah, meaning like we used to treat those things right. as like, you know, not even that long ago. These were illnesses that needed addressed and treatment for. Right. And now it's just, right. Now we just say everything, anything that comes along, yeah, we'll put a label on it to say the label, the labeling validates it. It says it's real. 
It's, it's, this is a real thing. And, but the only way that we deal with it is to af- this affirm, you know, affirmation, which has always been known prior to our current 15 seconds as known as, as enabling, which was known to be bad. Right. Because the person had, you said, a problem, a problem, an open wound, some past trauma, and that needs to be helped and healed. And now we, uh, now instead, we just affirm it. That's what we've always called enabling, and that would have been the last thing that you'd wanted to want to do as a psychiatrist, as a somebody right. in psychology. Right. Or if psychology. you actually care about that person, right. You're not going right. to. Yeah. I'm not going to. I don't affirm your alcoholism. I mean, think about this. We now have ads in the New York subway where they're applauding you for using drugs. If you're, yeah. If you're doing heroin. Do it. Do it safely. I don't. What is that? That the seems like point, an oxymoron. Right. The whole point has always been that it. It, up until 15 seconds ago, there is no safe way to do heroin right. outside of a clinical medical setting. Yeah. And I just was struck by earlier how you were saying that we don't treat these things, you know, as mental illness anymore, like transgenderism or gender dysphoria. I even, that person that was crowd rate, crowdfunding for their kid's transition even said that his child was, was diagnosed with gender dysphoria. Right. Okay. He's, well, that he, used to be. So we're still saying it's this condition, but now it's not a. Now it's not something to be worried about. And then so so it's not treated as an illness. It's a mental condition, maybe. But right. But then at the same time, I said, yeah, yet everyone and their mom has you know talks about mental health, and I have anxiety and all this stuff. Yeah. What he said, he said we have a diagnosis of gender dysphoria, meaning like, okay, we've gone out and we've jumped through this hoop. We got. In order to do what we want to do, we had to go out and get this diagnosis, and we've done that. So now we can move on to the next step, and that is the puberty blockers. Um, but you're right. By saying we have a diagnosis of gender dysphoria, you've just said this is a mental issue, not a sexual or gender issue. It's a mental condition. Or biological. But, but yeah. yeah, it's not biological. You just said that with the, I mean, the father said that with his own words. We have a diagnosis of gender dysphoria. So we we treat we treat that and let them. To, to help them to understand you're not a female, you're a male, rather than affirming it and say, yes, we know you have all male body parts, but you're a female. That Well, he was calling it his son, so I'm pretty sure it's a girl, but yeah, okay, same principle applies. Yes. I assumed it was a, a because, yeah. He was saying son, which then tells me that, yeah, that it's that's, a girl. You're probably right yes. about that. And he was, I... I the, the and guy, now we're the saying, yes, speaking he transitioned, so this actually woman to a man. should be a mother right. of a girl. Right. But now as a father of supposedly a son. Yeah. When you can't even wrap your brain around it. Yeah. But that's my point. The whole transgenderism reveals so much more. There's no longer a reason to have the field of psychiatry because it doesn't do anything. It doesn't treat anything. So what's the point? Um, the... It, how I originally got thinking about so this was the fact that the reason that the field of psychology, psychiatry exists is because there is such a thing as human nature and human nature is very consistent. Without the consistency of human nature, the, 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 the sciences of psychology and sociology similarly would not be able to exist. You have to know that given stimulus A, the vast majority of people are going to give you the same response to it. Otherwise, you can't or, have... you know, within a range. Within of, a yeah. range. You can't, have, you can't have the fields of psychology. We no longer do that. There, there, there is... Everything is okay. You're, you think you're a tree toad? Great. Okay? <laughs> 
right? Yeah. I mean, so so what is the point of having psychiatry? But yet forever, for, forever until the last 15 seconds, we all understood that there was a thing called human nature and that was consistent. And when you fell outside the norms of that, you were mental, you had a mental problem. I wonder how much it, we've begun down this trail when, and I don't know when or how this happened, but I've seen studies cited that even talk, that talked about Gen Z, like the, the average level of anxiety in somebody in Gen Z was enough to have you institutionalized in the 1950s. And so then we just, we stopped putting people in places of help. And yeah, there were a lot of issues with a lot of those places. But was the answer just like shutting it down and letting people roam the streets? I mean, homeless people, look at the amount of them that have mental right. problems, illnesses, and we just let them roam around. So that's, so we have all these people just. Well, what's even, I'll try to go the next layer deeper. But in, in, I, think, I think you're right. People, there are certain people that do need to be. Uh, institutionalized and treated it doesn't mean that they need to be institutionalized for the rest of their lives if they get treatment and respond to it but when you have when you remove roles when you remove roles then you don't know who you yeah uh, those roles define you yeah and it gives you purpose it gives you a path and without those it's so much more difficult and so there is going to be a lot more anxiety um I'm not as dead set on um, very classic roles, but there are roles in society that must be fulfilled by someone. And you need to know what your role is. And there's roles within a home and a family that need to be fulfilled. And it can look a little different in home to home, but if you know what your place is. Well, also, but my value is not in what I do, but... I do what I do out of a result of my value being my worth being placed in Christ, is what I'm saying. Not in what I do, but... You understand that because it's important to God, it's important to you. Yeah. And so you do the things that you should do. Yeah. Responsible, yes. Yeah, being responsible. If I have no role, then I have no responsibility. What am I responsible to if I have no role? It's very lost. Like, what am I, I... Looking around for something to do and yeah. Next thing you know. Idle hands. Yeah, you're longing for video games and virtual reality and chemical uh, highs and... Physical stimulation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, The idea that we are just chance random processes of evolution just defeats the human cause on so many levels. I I always... I I would love, and I know this is going to sound bad but to make a point these people that are nihilists that think that you know purely evolutionary and there is no such thing as a as a moral absolute and and so on and so forth i just want to walk up to them and put a gun to their head and say give me a reason why i shouldn't pull the trigger yeah there is if if what you believe is true there's, there's absolutely no reason, no you can reason give me no for me reason. to not pull the yeah, trigger it's true it's it's a, it's the next step of what is a woman that you uh you also stated earlier and what you just said about you know, this evolutionary thing falling apart here is the other point that you made was evolutionarily, I should, my drive is to survive and to multiply and to continue my legacy on by multiplying is part of that. That's why animals multiply, right? And that is in that drive is in us instinctually to that would what you would say evolutionarily. Yet we are seeing an increase in transgenderism, homosexuality, all these things that these types of relationships that cannot yeah. reproduce. 
doesn't that counter isn't that counter to your idea of evolution and another point similar to this that i heard the idea of like the homosexuality not reproducing was i heard uh, a pastor talking about romans and it says in there that god turned them over to their uh debased selves this is it's not word for word but turned them over to their desires and their sinful desires and and then as a result they traded normal relations for unnatural relations men with other men women with other women these relationships that didn't reproduce and it was like god also's way of cutting them off and saying okay you're not going to reproduce like ending that line i i have i've not given that any thought uh i know that for your purely, evolution are you purely is, purely yeah. scientifically men are not going to reproduce with men <laughs> and women are not going to reproduce with so there may be something to that but what you said but we we were talking we see a rise in these numbers of 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 uh, sexual perversions that would not lead to reproduction uh that tells me though what's going on is it's social it's a social contagion because by purely evolutionary means it's not a natural they, drive. they would oh, yeah. right they would be becoming fewer yeah. in number not not greater in number so we're doing something societally that is promoting oh, you'd, you'd be this cutting off that very yes you wouldn't be the the fact yeah. that the numbers of gay people are in in similar other uh, sexual it's not genetic it's not biological no. because you would literally we'd be the numbers of it would of yeah, homosexuality it would cease to exist would, would, because they're not reproducing right, right, a exactly. gene would not carry on so that tells me yeah. that what's going on is something societally and culturally it's being purposely promoted yeah no we've just learned how to unlock the gene the um <laughs> you know the idea that there is a human nature and all these kind of things i mean again that's just a, a to me a, a point that there is a creator if we're if we are as Human beings have a, need, a nature, and, and a lot of, so much of what we're talking about just shows we, we are created with an intelligent design. So now, joining these ideas of theology or being having creator and Pride Month, uh, did you see that the Mennonite church voted to, they are now accepting members of the like people who identify as lgbt into membership and um potentially like pastoral roles and that surprise the mennonites i thought that was kind of odd i don't even know what to say about that i can't i don't know how you leap that's leaping over a lot of stages yeah if you're unfamiliar of the of the mennonites is one step above amish so, yeah, I, that's that's not a slippery slope. They haven't gone down a slippery slope. They've leaped over a whole bunch of things. Now, there could be other, like, multiple groups of Mennonites. So yeah. this is Mennonite Church USA. And they have over 60,000 members. It just basically says they are... That's a pretty small number, are, actually, though. Yeah. Yeah, so this is probably some sect of Mennonites in Missouri. They gathered in Missouri, so they're founded in Missouri. And they are now saying that they are... Their demographics has, is shifting Oh, because you're, yeah. Demographics shouldn't. So, among the changes, pastors will be allowed to perform same-sex marriages, and the denomination has committed to forming an LGBT constituency group. I always wonder what they mean by that. Now, I'm sure... Oh, and they apologized for harm caused by their past policies. Yeah, that that, that lets me know what's going on. See, I, I I could form... An LGBTQ plus IA slant tilde, you know, dollar sign uh, group um, 
from the standpoint of we're here to help those people yeah. become healthy people. Yeah, find themselves like who they were made right. to be. But but not just to validate it. Again, not to just to simply affirm it. The last topic I have that is LGBTQ, whatever, plus related, pride related, was the, I put on here the, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays baseball players. It was... I think almost entirely pitchers, this group of guys that for their pride night, they, so the team had, they normally have like kind of a ray burst, like a sun ray burst on their, on their sleeve. And then their regular, like the Tampa Bay logo hats. And so both of those on the jerseys were um, a rainbow star, like sunshine ray. And then the hat, the logo was rainbow. And so these players um, chose to remove the star from the starburst from their, jerseys and wore their regular hats and they put a statement out one of the pitchers they decided would write the statement and he wrote a statement about there it was a faith decision based on their faith and basically saying you know we we want everyone to be welcome and like they're welcome here and you know whatever to play in, in the game but we personally feel as followers of Christ feel like he has called us to live a different lifestyle so we don't think that we should be promoting that lifestyle and of course everyone got very angry and they got backlash so i went and specifically messaged and i direct messaged on instagram and tweeted at the pitcher that wrote the statement just to say like thank you and give support in the face of like and tell them i'm i'm praying for you or you and your family to like stay strong in the face of you know i'm sure the opposition you're facing um and yes it was it's, it's crazy it's not enough now to say you can have your worldview that's fine except like that's tolerance what tolerance was you can have your worldview whatever but now i have to i have to celebrate it and promote it and participate in it yeah why does a some random baseball player in the major leagues by not wearing your pride flag why is that such it's a not, threat to yeah. you i don't i don't understand that I mean, that's one you... It's like you saying you can't exist. That's you, not at all. like. It's it's a point I've been hearing made by recently. It's it's not where we... We don't need to defend our choices. They need to defend why this is so important to them when they tell us, you've got a whole month, and yet you tell me you're being marginalized <laughs> if I don't wear your rainbow. I, I want to I make a shirt that has a rainbow... That says God's promise. God's promise not to destroy all of you, which you are no, testing. No, no, God, no. The Wait, rainbow basically in that promise, God promises that He is going to kill all of us again, just not by a flood. <laughs> right? Yeah. Unless you know Jesus. Yeah. But otherwise, God is promising to kill everybody, just it won't be with a flood. Judge. I think maybe the appropriate. It would be more appropriate to say God's promise to to judge us all, that you will be judged. Ooh, that's interesting, and you're you're absolutely right about that. Uh, it, it is our choice. We are basically end up killing ourselves. Yeah, yeah. You're the one that's choosing. And God's death. just God's just noticing that we chose to kill ourselves yeah. and separate ourselves from Him eternally. Yeah, I noticed that about you. <laughs> so okay, that's you okay. seem like you don't want to be a part of the heaven. All right, you all right. Just, that's fine. There you, go. you don't want to be with me. All right. It's 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 uh, it's. Uh, can we start calling it suicide? Oh. We're choosing suicide. We're suicide. I'm not sure where we're going with this one. <laughs> I just like to. I like to take things sometimes to a logical extreme because yeah. it really makes the drives the point home. Yeah, it's one of those again where they they need to start defending them. They need to start explaining themselves to us, not us to them. 
why I don't want to wear a pride flag. You like Kramer? You got to wear the yeah. Wear the ribbon. ribbon. <laughs> it's not enough that he was there to participate. Yeah, I'm, I'm here marching. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. I got sponsors. Hey, this is like a follow-up from my last theological question I asked you. It was a David question, but now I have a Solomon one. So, I was reading Proverbs, and I just thought, does anyone else find it odd? That a man with a thousand wives and concubines uses an adulteress as the main metaphor for sin and say and straying from God's teachings throughout Proverbs. And I thought, do you think he wrote it before all the other 99, 999 women came into the picture? Or, and he also seems to only say it's adultery when the woman is married. Like he'll say prostitute or an adulteress and the woman is an adulteress because she's like married. So saying like it's it's wrong because the other man involved. I don't know. It just was a... So what's your question? I don't know. I just find it odd that he would use... I guess I guess there isn't a question there. More of an observation. I find it odd that he would have all of these women and some of them are concubines a.k.a not his wife so even if you want to say multiple wives is fine okay now take the part of this this woman this man who has concubines aka women that he sleeps with that are not his wives talks about adultery using adultery as a metaphor for sin is that not adultery first thing off is that we and solomon's gone astray and he's following after right but we see in the old in the new testament that uh paul writes that basically those types of behavior behaviors in the old testament and even divorce it was permitted but it wasn't that didn't make it okay yeah Yeah, it didn't make it approved now i'm not saying this is the proper interpretation i don't know but my unless i can quote you chapter and verse for something i can't say that it's It's god so this is my interpretation and I know it's going to be uncomfortable, but Song of Solomon is really uncomfortable too. Um, <laughs> look at all these blessings you got. I got you beautiful babes everywhere. And you want to go after the one thing you can't have. That's sin. Okay. I've blessed you. you have pr- I have covenant with you. Yeah. I have all these promises. And there are some of them, yeah. your wives, those are absolutely straight up promises. And then there's this other area. You can do them. It may not be my best for you, but they're allowable. They're not going to send you to, they're not, they're not sinful. They're not right. going to send you to yeah. hell. But over here is this one thing that's forbidden. I forbid you to do this. And that's the thing that you got to have. Yeah. Wet paint, I, wet paint, don't touch. Makes you, you got to touch it when it tells you not to. Um, and I, and I, I think it's important, I guess what you specified there of it being that, you know, the permittable and these things that might not be my best all things for are you. permissible, but right. not all things are beneficial. It might not be my best for you, but it doesn't necessarily cut you off from me forever. Right. And um, and this also goes back to what the the baseball pitcher was kind of saying in his thing. It's like we believe that God has called us to this different lifestyle, not a it's not not in a restrictive way, but in a um, like so not not out of withholding from us, but out of I don't remember the term he used, but. But I, I appreciate that he said it's now God called us to this different lifestyle, not to withhold, but to like to, to prosper, to, to bless. Yeah. 
basically. So we don't look at the Bible as this restrictive thing that right. tells us like, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. No, rather we look at it as in the things that it does promote and push us towards. When I look at somebody who's living a lifestyle that is not in accordance with God's plan that we find in Scripture, the way I look at it is, is that I don't hate you, I'm not opposed to you, but I'm looking at you and just knowing this isn't the this isn't God's best for you. Yeah. I mean, you're free to go do it. We have the free choice, but this isn't God's best for you. I've I mean, I've used the example before where my nature would be I would be a total womanizer, partier, but that wouldn't be God's best for my life. That, that and 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 that those kinds of passions that burn within me are better served to turn those God God made me with those passions things. towards his purpose. That's, I have a passion yes. for God, his word, and for people to know it and understand it and apply it because I know how I know what a blessing it will be to them. Right. And that's so I've taken those passions and I've redirected them and allowed him to use them for his purpose right. rather than for my own self serving purpose. And that's why I like to say if every person was created by God like uniquely and we all have different personality traits, all of those traits like then can be like if if you use them to your own will it's gonna and bad destructive whatever and it could be totally opposite traits those same things though submit them to the, god's will and there's ways that like for a reason he wants to do something with right. it it's a good it can be a good thing right the trait that i have to be able to get up and preach and people don't probably under, know this or understand it but a lot of my sermons uh when i the amplifications that come on passages that we're discussing, those are coming to me right in the moment. Those are not written down on my notes. My ability to do that is the same ability is the same thing that was a part of me that drove my teachers crazy in school. So what they looked at as a negative, God says I made you that way because I'm going to use it for me as a positive. So we have to be careful how we label things like that. So I asked you this question earlier, my body, my choice. Oh, yes, I love this, though. My body, my choice. What do you do if you're a Siamese twin? Can you kill the other one? I have no response, but I just <laughs> want to see somebody squirm. I just... <laughs> Who, I, and then it's like, if I was a Siamese twin... Where I'd... does my body, like, end and theirs begin? How much is shared? Like, Yeah. yeah. It, you've seen obviously like but they have different like control of different parts of it well that's what i wonder when you see like there's that there's that female couple there's two girls yeah but sometimes they only have one private right. yeah but, but does their does their i wonder in their case does one person's brain control yeah, certain yeah. areas and can you feel with both say i can only control with my brain the left hand and my twin controls the right hand but can i feel what she's doing with it I don't know. Because then it's mine, too. Right. Yeah, I just want to, I mean, I just wonder if, uh, how that works in that, as far as controlling all of your sympathetic nervous system yeah. and all those kind of things, which brain is doing what? Or are they both doing it? The exact same thing? Is it duplicated? Um, so that if one, literally one brain would die, the other one? If anyone knows a professional on the topic, I would love to speak with them about... Ben Carson. <laughs> Yeah, he did he separate. separated the first conjoined twins, conjoined at the head. Um, first conjoined at the head, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but but I think it's different in different yeah. scenarios. Yeah, right. of what Depending control, on where they're, right. yeah. 
But still, my body, my choice. Yeah, I would be interested to see someone try to answer that. I could just see two of them going for a for a gun at the same, mm-hmm. knowing the other one's going to go for it. And you go for it. Who's, who gets there first? To, well, I don't want to drag around no, the dead. No, I know. I, well, let's just you it. cut it off. If, the, then, if, yeah. if one of them had died, do they amputate it so that you don't well, yeah, have to just carry if they, around? If they the, never get, if if they're connected in a way that you can't separate them. And one of them, can one of them die before the other? Can one of them get, like, what if you got brain cancer in one of the... Cut it off so that it doesn't spread to me. That will be my body, my choice. Look, you're already doomed to die. The odds are, like, I'm not letting that spread to my brain. We're, we're killing you. We're cutting off your head. I don't even want to think about this <laughs> stuff, man. This is so <laughs> But But it's a possibility, right? Oh, my gosh. This is like the... This is the ethics question to the Mac. This is amazing. I bet you, though. I want to just throw this out there in an ethics class and just... Let it go. Yeah. Here's what I think would happen, though. My realistic answer would be a set of conjoined twins to say they're 30 years old. You'd be so connected. You'd feel the whole thing as your body. You'd say, you know what? I want to die with you. I'll die with you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, we've worn the same clothes all of our lives, so (laughs) how could I... Especially made. (laughs) (laughs) Three arms and yeah. four legs. And, I don't yeah, think so. they, they don't no, normally have I'm three kidding. arms. I'm kidding. I'm sure they can. Yeah. I yeah. got a pencil and a pen. <laughs> <laughs> or I got a what? Brian Regan. Oh, yeah. He's like, uh, yeah, do you have a pen? He's like, yeah, I got a, I got a pen and a paper and a phone. <laughs> <laughs> what was that routine? It was a malpractice suit. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you can sue for malpractice of like loss of limb. No, no, no. He's talking about what people advertise for being um, attorneys for. And they'd be like, we do loss of limb. He's like, no, I I never seen an addition of limb. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. I went into the hospital and I came out and now I got a third arm in the middle of my chest. (laughs) Yeah, it's never an addition of limb. It's just And they're like, oh, let me give you someone else's number. And he's like, you got a pen? He's like, yeah, I got a pen and a paper and a phone. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the slip, slip and fall. Yeah. I remember I was primarily slipping. All right, well, I got a story then, none. Okay. And this one's courtesy of mom. She thought this would be a good podcast, and it totally is. Two workers were rescued after falling into a chocolate tank at the Margs Wrigley factory in Pennsylvania. This is Willy Wonka in real life. They fell into a large tank of chocolate, and they it says they were waist deep. The first responders, the Lancaster County-wide communications, that must be like the first responder... Like, if you call 911 or whatever. They quoted, they were quoted saying, they were up to their waist in chocolate. And they also noted that the chocolate was warm. <laughs> and, because I guess it wasn't solid, it would have to be warm. And the people, though, they they weren't able to get them out from the top. They had to cut a hole in the side to get them out. Which I'm wondering how, if you're up to your waist... Yeah. How like, deep did it harden? I wonder, like, it's like. Well, how deep hardened. was the vat if you couldn't just get it? <laughs> you know, get like the Percy shell, like where you, and then it hardens. Like they fell in and it hardened around their lower body or something. We just heated up again. Yeah. I just, I thought, but. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it they identified as M&M's. But, except you wouldn't be coated in chocolate. Maybe they identified as, like, peanuts to be coated in. Or maybe they were just, like, although you were. It, it was also unfamiliar how they ended up in there. Well, how? Why I don't two think they people jumped? Were, I wonder were if they, they were screw, fighting. Screwing around like, with yeah, doing, they probably were they both, screwing around. Yeah, that's probably why they haven't released why how it happened. Also, what happens to all that chocolate? 
And Cole mentioned it must have been white chocolate because they weren't able to eat their yeah, way out because nobody wants to eat white chocolate. Well, I certainly <laughs> would assume that they disposed of it and yeah. cleaned the thing. When, when Who I, knows? You might want to avoid uh, Mars Wrigley candy bars for a little while.